1: When Raw ends, when it's time to begin, it's on the Rewind Around with John Pollock and waiting the 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's Rewind Around for Monday night, Download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's Rewind Around for Monday night on USA, now on the John and waiting The mic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rewind a Raw. I am John Pollock along with. Wei Ting hello Wei what's going on John how
0: you doing doing great doing fantastic man you look refreshed skin feels smoother you know like there's a twinkle in your eye
1: you must have taken some time off finally I did I did and no matter how much time I take off Wei all it takes is that third hour of RAW, and I'm right back into the middle of it. I was about to text you at about 10:30, say, "Hey, <laughs> I'm taking another vacation right now," because I'm staring at a modern day disaster here on my uh, on my screen here, involving these two individuals, and I don't know I don't know if they're going to get through this third hour, much less me. Yeah, the third hour
0: uh, tends to be, uh, you know, your wake up call. You know, for most people, it's Monday morning. At like nine a.m. or whatever they start work for us, it's uh usually about um ten p.m.
1: Monday night. Yes, we are going to get into RAW and one of the worst matches of two thousand twenty-one. How was your weekend, way?
0: It was pretty good. Yeah, pretty standard. Uh you know had a few events, had some uh, saw some friends, uh, went to my um, wife's family's barbecue. So one of those kind of like meeting with the relatives types of things. Um, that was fun. Relatives you've
1: met be before or.
0: Yeah, but not so much because it's, it's kind of weird because of the. Now,
1: now you're serious. Now she's like, this guy's sticking around. So there's that. But also like
0: we've had opportunity. We would have probably, you know, been, been introduced uh, a lot more before, but because of the pandemic, like you, I kind of had that excuse. Like, sorry, we can't see each other. Like, but now it's like, yeah, I'm being shoved right in, you know? So that's kind of new and novel. And and they're great. So, yeah.
1: That's wonderful. Well, if they're listening, yeah. <laughs> welcome. Way's a great guy. He's a great catch. <laughs> Thank she you. She did well. Yes.
0: <laughs> well. Yeah. Well, tell me about your weekend, though.
1: What'd you get? Up uh, so... I we we had been planning to to go out of the city. We we had a a family member's uh cottage was available and so we we set out. This was this was an ambitious drive to to go there. This was uh the beautiful city of Sundridge, Ontario.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Not too many people I... drive to Sundridge. Uh, I got to check out the the downtown core, uh, which was closed on Friday for a family reunion, okay? That's that's putting the downtown core into perspective, okay? This is a, it's a quiet town, but uh, we had entire the-
0: entire downtown core was shut down for one family <laughs> reunion. I'm
1: exaggerating somewhat, but I went to- I was starving and went to the local restaurant that was closed for some family function- So I went to another restaurant like 10 minutes away, closed family reunion back later this week. So then I said, you know what? Food's not going to happen. So I went going to grab a coffee. So I decided, you know what? I bet you that that large building that says coffee across it will have coffee. So I walk in. The woman greets me, very nice lady, says, hi. She's like, Hello, I'm here to get a coffee. Well, you're aware we do not have coffee made. We only sell coffee beans. It's like, why on earth would I want coffee this minute when I could take these beans and go make them at my home here in wonderful Sundridge? But she was very helpful and said, if you drive five kilometers on the left, Jesus. our coffee is available there in the store. I was like, that's it, 5K. I'm going to run blindfold to this place. So that was my experience at the downtown. But uh, uh, that was my observations. I'm sure a wonderful town. Uh, But in all seriousness, we had like the greatest time at at this cottage. Uh, It was, like I've said before, like we used to go to a, a different cottage where there was no internet access at all. And I kind of, I really enjoyed it. It was just, cut me off. This time, I cut myself off. I just did not, I I decided, I'm not focusing on anything th- this weekend, except being here at this cottage at a wonderful time. We were like on the water. Um, tremendous time. Hell of an ordeal getting back on. That, see, that's what I want to know about, because I believe
0: this is your first road trip with Little Evie, correct? Yes. Your yes. first trip with two kids.
1: Oh, yes. Going there, that? not so much a problem. I mean, Max had an iPad. Criticize me all you want. He loved that iPad. It was a oh, great no. investment, okay? No, it's, a, it's the best thing that happened to babysitting. Are you kidding it's, me? It's wonderful. Uh, and Evie slept like 90% of the way there. I was like, this is easy. <laughs> Sundridge, let's just keep going. We could make it to Florida if we want to. Like, this is easy. So there I was, the top of my confidence level way, because we decided we were going to come back Sunday, Sunday evening. The goal was to leave around 5, 530. Things got a little delayed and we did not get out of there until around seven. Still bright out. Like, that's fine. We're, this is a bit later. It's going to get dark soon. But in my back pocket way was our drive up here. I was like, piece of cake. Well, well, how How long is the drive? Three plus hours, okay. And, all right. Yeah, cool. I mean, it took a, we we had a few stops on the way, so it probably took us like four and a half ish to get there last week. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting we probably have to stop once along the way, but it's night; they may fall asleep. Three hours, we'll get home. So we're driving. This is Sunday night, and it's dark. Like this is all country roads and stuff as we are leaving the city, and then. The funny thing was, over the weekend, we had been paying attention to, like, our weather apps, which were atrociously inaccurate, calling for, like, an insane amount of rain. And it just got to the point, like, we were all worried. It's like, oh, it's going to rain all day Saturday. It was perfectly fine. Got a little rain on Sunday. It's like, these apps are terrible. It was actually the opposite. It was actually the opposite here. It called for
0: no rain. And it actually ended up pouring. We 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 must have got your report.
1: Our app. Yeah. Like we were, and it was like localized and you know, the rain that like we did get a little bit, but nothing terrible. So all of a sudden severe thunderstorm warning. It's like, well, let's see. These apps have not been so great. So we're, we're cruising the first hour on the way home. Like nothing too bad. Evie is awake. Evie Uh-oh. is not enjoying being in the car in the dark. It's like, okay, this is going to be a little more challenging. We do have a screaming baby and I'm okay with that. It's, you know, you get used to it. It's kind of like a, you know, like a white noise at a certain point where it's like, it's just uh it's like listening to Wei's, uh CD player when he would play his, uh, his Mr. Wazo in his car. It's like, <laughs> this is, this is really awful, but you get used to it. Then the skies erupt. Okay. We had had to pull over at, at one point because Evie was really getting, uh, she she was not doing well. So she has calmed down, but now the skies are dude erupting and nice. we, I'm driving through this. We are driving past Huntsville. We're approaching Bracebridge and dude, it's coming down hard. I've driven in some pretty awful weather. This is not the worst weather I've been driving in. It's, Top three. My wipers are on full blast. Uh, Evie is screaming. My wife is very concerned, which if I have one positive trait, it is that in the eye of stress, I, I can be rather calm. I was not freaking out about this, but it was... I'm looking at the GPS. We got two hours and 30 minutes of driving ahead of us. I've got weather, baby, and darkness. Okay? It is... It is the perfect storm boy.
0: Like an Alistair Black problem.
1: Dude, cars are sh- are just stopping. At one point, my wife is like, I think you should just pull over in Bracebridge. So I get off this exit. And dude, it's it's like the the wraparound from I Know What You Did Last Summer. No lights, two lanes. I don't know where we're going. There is a patch. It is I cannot see. Out of my back window. It's black, okay? The wipers are just... I can see probably 40 feet in front of me. I'm going based by, by lights. It is... It's not good. It is That's not terrifying. good at all. Yeah. So, at this point, I'm telling my wife. I was like, we're going to get off at Bracebridge. I think you should check out some hotel options at this point. And... Thus, we found ourselves in downtown Bracebridge, also shut down on a Sunday night, and we made our way to a hotel, and that was where we spent seven hours, which did not turn out to be uh, so bad. Well, we ended up having to stay overnight in Bracebridge and then wake up at 7.30 this morning to complete the drive. Wow,
0: I had no idea. I had no idea. Um, I thought you were, like, back last night, but wow, this was a second i mean that's that sounds awful man from what you 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 did so well on the trip up and like it seems like everything that could have went wrong i mean nearly went wrong
1: it um, was it, by by the end of it like i we, we checked into this hotel um this i check in at it's it's completely dead in this hotel and it's do you, you want to guess what it would what cost for for one night okay this is from p.m. We and we checked out at 8 a.m. in
0: Bracebridge with nobody in the hotel.
1: There were some people, but it was some people. It was pretty
0: empty. I mean, 100 double, 200, 200. Okay, I was like, whatever. It was at it's this not point, not crazy,
1: not crazy at all. It's like when, when, when your kids are there, it's like I, I really didn't really care about the price, but the kicker was I've gone through all this, and the guy writes down two options. <laughs> he was like, it's uh it's one eighty nine for uh the standard room one ninety nine for a view of the lake <laughs> so, oh the view of the lake that sounds very enticing i've I've been staring at the goddamn lake that's been coming from the sky onto my uh car for the last half an hour but thank you for the option of the lake view uh I will take the standard room but Anyway, it, it turned out to be fun. Like, it was the first time our kids have ever got to stay in a hotel. I don't think Evie could appreciate it, but Max had fun. And oh, you I got, got to uh, chill out, and it was just ridiculous. Like, at, at, like, midnight, we're just in this hotel, and I'm drinking, like, this warm beer. And my wife's just sitting there, and we're just, like, laughing. Like, this is insane. Like, what just happened in the last two hours? It was just uh, a comedy of
0: errors oh you're gonna have quite the story to to play for evie when uh she asked about her first road her trip. first time at a hotel
1: yes we will have yeah. a great story
0: i'm i'm really glad to hear that you first of all i think you absolutely made the right decision pulling over and stopping by Bracebridge when you did it was a safe decision and i'm so glad you guys are taking it all in stride and just you know able to look back and
1: almost laugh about it we, we had a good time like we had a really good time it was uh you know it, it was a stressful like 45 minutes or so, but I mean, not nothing too bad. That is my PSA for everybody. Uh, Awful, awful weather uh, at the very least pull over or, or, or stay over. And as always,
0: it's a story for the podcast. Well, I
1: I do always file
0: these away uh, for your enjoyment way. And everybody's I'm sure. So thank you for sharing, John. Glad you had a great time.
1: I did. I did. Thank you for, uh, for holding things down yourself, Andrew, Sino, the whole crew. And Eric, Marcotte, and Eric Marcotte, which,
0: by the way, one more day, everybody, to get the caught t-shirt limited edition, one of the hottest sellers ever at store.postwrestling.com. Uh, the the man does incredible work, you know, whether or not you know it. Uh, he was busy this weekend, uh, as you mentioned, John, along with John Cino, along with Andrew Thompson, along with WH Park, who dropped the show recently uh, last night. So thank you to everybody for holding down the Fort Wall John had some time away.
1: Uh, did you watch anything over the weekend?
0: Yeah, I caught some of Empower. I caught the uh, Camille Laila
1: Hirsch main event,
0: which I really enjoyed. Uh,
1: that was the, the one game. show I did. I did watch. I actually ended up Saturday night uh, watching the Empower show. Yeah. Okay. Wow. At the cottage, you you caught it. Cool. I did. I, like I had internet access. I just chose not to really uh, use it all that much. But that was uh, that was the one show. I was I was going to watch the NWA show because I was assuming I would be home. Uh, Sunday night and I was going to watch it but I did not have a chance to watch that but I watched the whole Empower show I was just kind of checking in to see I wanted to kind of see the look of it and I ended up just sitting there and (laughs) watched the whole thing I I thought it was a really fun show to watch it wasn't the uh the smoothest broadcast at points but I mean it was a real feel-good show you could see like the women it meant a whole lot to them to be doing the show um I, I thought like just the it looked like a cool venue. The way that the NWA typically does up these arenas, where they make they almost take you into this uh, time portal. It's probably the best match I've ever seen of Molina's career um, that that she had with Diana parazo That was uh, that was a standout. The Gail Kim Awesome Kong segment seemed to be the most talked about thing on the show. But they had uh, I thought there was like it was a really good effort put forward. Like they drew a very healthy house there. And it just felt like a show that a lot of people were buzzing about on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I mean, going into the show, it felt like there was a whole lot more talk about this than, you know, obviously anything that the NWA had done in a long, long time. And maybe even like of the non, you know, AEW, non WWE, non Impact, non GCW level types of shows. So uh, it certainly caught my interest. And honestly, it was a little surprising. You know, considering, I think, how much women's wrestling there is out there that we haven't really had a notable all-women's show in North America since that Evolution show. Um, so, you know, I am I hope that this becomes a, an annual thing. You know, certainly for the NWA, it, like, it seems to make a lot of sense. They probably caught a lot of attention because of it, maybe even more so than NWA 73. And, you know, I guess it all really comes down to whether or not they can keep these working agreements with everybody. Because it was really nice to see, like... Basically, all these promotions kind of pitch in to, to create this kind of, you know, what felt like a big show.
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought, the, like, the mixture of talent really uh, – it it really worked just to have, you know, these these open borders that allow for shows like this. Like, Layla Hirsch, like, that was a great showcase mm-hmm. for her with, with Camille. Like, I thought Layla Hirsch came off very well uh, in, in that match. And then, um, yeah, again, like, the Diana Perazzo molina match, I was really impressed by it. Like, you had – you, you had one awkward spot with like this code red out of the corner by Molina, but the rest of it they just played off like Molina's like pre-existing knee problems and Perazzo. I just thought looked great in that match, targeting the knee, and the crowd was really sympathetic towards Molina throughout it. Like they, I think they went around fourteen. Um, that that stood out to me. I really liked the team of the Hex um, with Al- Allison K and Marty Bell. Um, they're a great tandem together. I thought that was, you know, a wise choice to put the tag belts on them. They made it feel like a significant uh, crowning of the champions afterward, and just the whole feel of the show. I just think it was, um, you know, just a fun show to watch. And in two and a half hours, it was a good length uh, for the show as well. Of night two, uh, the only thing I caught
0: was the Ric Flair speech. Which how was that? Uh. Which was a lot of fun. Number one, it's Ric Flair back at the chase. You know, Mm -hmm. it's Ric Flair in the NWA, in an NWA ring. That in itself, I think, holds a great deal of significance. But it's Ric Flair also on live broadcast with a live microphone uh, that was, you know, pretty much given carte blanche to go out there and it seemingly say whatever he wanted. And he didn't say anything like out of line you know it was like he was very complimentary of several people in the wwe including hunter sean taker uh really everybody but it just it just felt nice to have Ric flair's personality again and not him playing a role that was scripted for from somebody for him um and it just kind of feels nice to have him like he mentioned like you know being able to uh uh go to chicago this week to you know see mongo and then to have a uh, lunch with tony khan or something so kind of maybe gave something away there perhaps yeah i don't know at, the, at least the idea that he will be in town um so i hope to see a whole lot more of this version of rick flair
1: i think that this was a certainly the biggest weekend for the nwa in the fight tv era i think like there's no doubt that them shifting from youtube to fight has dramatically decreased their visibility but this was Two big shows where the location became a, a semi draw in and of itself. I think it was a novel mm-hmm. concept for fans that might remember that, or at least the 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 legend of wrestling at the chase uh, that they have read about and probably seen clips of. So I, I thought that that was a really smart play. Like turn your turn your venue almost into a, a part of the appeal on top of it, and having you know two very distinct shows on back to back nights that were different from one another, but still under that nwa banner so i thought this was a very good weekend for the nwa and probably the most uh, interest they've had in some time
0: i think like corgan has you know done really well of really trying to being able to make the most of what very little that they have in terms of i think resources and talents that are out there You know, uh, let's not forget like a good chunk of like the the roster that we see in AEW right now got their start or at least got their maybe more national notoriety through NWA. So the man has a great eye, I think, for talent and, you know, is usually able to uh, present it all in a very nice looking package that, listen, is not the best in terms of uh, production quality at times. But I thought they did well in at least capturing the feel of this being a significant event, significant place and those Aaron Stevens little videos, oh, like those, he did, are, those are really cool. He did one on Saturday and then he did one on, on the Sunday that just, they look tremendous. And I, I mean, I don't know who puts those together. I don't even know like if it's, you know, like just a filter that they put on or something like that. But they're they're excellent and they're perfect in tone. And uh, to me, they're great things to start the shows off with.
1: Let's continue oh, and with news.
0: And John Goodman. Thank you, Brandon, for reminding me. He uh, did the opening video on, uh,
1: on Sunday. Yeah, anytime you can score Dan Connor, that's a that's a great win. Mm-hmm. Let's continue with the news and then we'll uh we'll preview a big week coming up here at the site. Let's start off with uh Friday night uh viewership. Uh Rampage and SmackDown a, a lot to be happy about numbers wise. SmackDown was uh the number one show on TV Friday night with a Uh, 0.59 in the demo, 764,000 viewers, 2,250,000 overall, making it their highest audience since uh, the return of fans on July 16th, and second best number since May, when they did that throwback episode. Um, So it was, you know, a, a strong showing coming off of SummerSlam. And, you know, if you watched the commercial last week, new rule after tonight, folks. Just because WWE advertises something, 50-50, it's happening. And maybe that's being generous. Like, Friday, you might get Roman Reigns and Finn Balor. You might just get Finn Balor saying, Roman's not here tonight, so I'm going to uh, take you on instead. Advertisements for them, it's like, this is kind of what we're thinking. It'll be a day of call. We,
0: we gave them so much credit last week for, like, oh, they're actually promoting these matches in advance. It feels like they're going to take next week really seriously. They're, they're like, you know, hurrah. You,
1: you legitimately joked. How many of these do we actually get next week? Like, two? And amazingly, we got none of them tonight zero for three we got
0: we got a portion of evil Mar- you're right evil marine dude they drop, didn't give you really a match
1: count. that was more an angle if anything else but it
0: never rang. yeah true we'll get
1: to that anyway going back to smackdown if you watched the ad for raw last week it featured becky it featured brock and mm. you would certainly be led to believe that brock is showing up on smackdown now i did not rewatch it but i recall them saying it's like They didn't explicitly say that they would be there. It's the fallout from SummerSlam, but certainly leading you in that direction. And I think the combination of those two and just coming off of SummerSlam uh, greatly benefited this number on Friday night.
0: No doubt. Yeah, I think it makes sense. You know, I think there's something to the idea of uh, ratings Rebecca, I suppose, you know, but certainly the buzz coming off of SummerSlam itself was probably worth it. So
1: um, did they advertise anybody for, for this week? Uh Is this week advertised? it's Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor. So um we'll see what okay. we get. Maybe maybe not.
0: Might do um, something, but you know, like I guess Brock we're not going to they're not even going to tease for a little bit, right? Until Saudi or another big show
1: when they're ready to go with that story. Like it feels as though it's kind of on pause. Like they're going forward with this Finn Balor program. Uh they also did 185 500,000 in Canada uh their best since July 23rd. So a good number in Canada as well for them. Rampage for week three. This was going to be the interesting one because this was the first taped edition of the show doing 722,000 viewers and 434,000, a 0.34 in the 18 to 49 demo. Uh, this is coming from Brandon Thurston number one show on cable. Um, yes, it was a big drop from the first dance. We knew that that was a given, but, uh, compared to week one, which even if you want to look at that, that's the show that got a lot of promotion for being the first one. It was a slight loss in viewers, but a gain of 9.5% in the demo from the first week. And while they were down in 18 to 34 from the first two weeks, uh, they did gain in several categories, including men 18 to 49. Uh, I thought this. I would be very, very happy with this number for a show that, of the three, this was the most um, just normal episode of Rampage that you didn't have a big hook going into it, nothing near the first two that had a championship defense with Omega and Christian and was the novelty of show one, and it goes without saying for week two what it had. It's hard for me to,
0: like, understand, I think, what exactly their expectations are, but I suppose finishing number one on a Friday doing you this know, beat the for,
1: NFL like a taped show. Like, let's remember, for two days these results were out. They beat the NFL preseason game. Now that was on the NFL Network, but I mean, you beat the NFL on Friday night. Yeah, I'm sure
0: that you know seeing the results, they must be ecstatic. But I mean, I also wonder: Do you think that they
1: would have liked to have retained a, a bit more of that audience that they had the week prior? I I didn't think that that was going to be possible. I think Week Two is just going to be a number that. It's going to take something I, I don't know if you can replicate that number for a rampage. I would be I think the comparison point is is week one and this is sort of going to be the the leveling off uh area for them. Like if they're if they're doing consistently 0.34s, that's that's very strong for this Friday night at ten time slot on TNT. So I I think it was a given it was going to be a big fall because of just that was an enormous number uh, above most people's expectations for week two. But I I think it bodes well for I mean, it's laughable. The conversation we were having last week about spoilers getting out and look what Rampage did. It topped like this was a very big night for wrestling where you had the number one show on all of television in, in SmackDown and Rampage topping all of Cable. Like both, both numbers, I think you should be very happy with if you're WWE or AEW.
0: In this case, I think the, the spoilers held because to me, the spoilers from everybody were, wasn't necessarily the, the result of the matches, but it was everybody coming off of those tapings saying Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy versus the Lucha Brothers was a must-see
1: match. That is a, probably the best type of spoiler that you could ask for. Shocking. Shocking that sometimes when information gets out, it heightens interest. When it is something desirable, if it's, a, if it's good quality, yeah. uh Fightful reporting today that Adam Cole uh, has not signed anything. Uh, his short-term extension with WWE ended on Friday, and this is obviously going to be. I, I think you know you're going to have several names this week that people are are buzzing about regarding uh, their status with AEW, and if they're going to be popping up, and certainly Adam Cole is going to be in that mix yeah
0: yeah let the uh, rumors continue to you know uh fly and uh this comes in in the midst of um other names being teased that may or may not appear at all out um man i just uh it just feels like it's almost a just a an embarrassment of riches now
1: it's gonna be a big week a very big week for a w with three nights um at the now arena WWE announced their latest additions to the uh, performance center. Um, Bobby Stevenson, who has been, uh, you know, this was reported months ago by the Observer that he would be going there. He is the older brother of Gable Stevenson. So, I mean, if you want to uh, read into that, whatever you will, if you think that's going to in push Gable in one direction or, or the other, uh, I don't know how much you read into that, but nonetheless, I mean, he's a a quality wrestler himself from the University of Minnesota, also among them uh Ben Buchanan, who is a high school wrestling champion and the son of bull Buchanan, the son of b squared damn what b cubed be cubed yeah <laughs> Ben Buchanan. cool that's um, that's interesting, also part of this class, uh Josh Dawkins, who's a trainee of Devon Dudley and the nephew of daryl Dawkins um NBA legend. And Joseph Fatu, who had been wrestling as a Sifa Fatu, he is the younger brother of Jimmy and Jay Uso and the son of Rikishi. And I would think only naturally, way you're going to look at someone like that and wonder, is he going to get fast-tracked because of the biggest angle in the company that's going on right now?
0: Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean... It- I feel like the path is there for him right up to the top, you know, as long as he is a competent wrestler, but he's got a very high bar to reach to match his siblings and cousin.
1: Uh, then we have the full cards for wrestle grand slam this weekend. We have two days. And so night number one will feature Tanahashi and the returning Kota Bushi for the U S title, Jeff Cobb against Kazuchika Okada, chase Owens in an, I quit match with Toru Yano for the, King of pro wrestling trophy show versus yo Haromu and Bushi against tiger mask and Robbie Eagles. And then night two has Shingo Takagi defending against evil, the junior heavyweight championship with Robbie Eagles versus Haromu Takahashi, a three-way tag match for the tag titles, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi versus Naito and Sonata and Goto and Yoshihashi, El Phantasmo and Taiji Ishimori defending the junior heavyweight tag titles against Yoshinobu, Kanamaro and El Desperado And then Tomohiro Ishii and Kazuchika Okada versus Great Okan and Jeff Cobb. And maybe the most intriguing part of these shows is that there will be stardom matches on both shows that will be broadcast on New Japan World with English commentary, which represents a major change in the ability for stardom content to appear on a a TV Asahi half-owned New Japan World service. So I think this represents a pretty significant breakthrough way if this means that stardom can enter the forbidden stream oh yeah is this
0: really the uh, a forbidden stream when it when it's a parent company that owns both promotions
1: but different networks that they are attached to i mean that has been one of the big problems in stardom not being able to be showcased here and i mean i mean we were there at the tokyo dome where we got to see the matches but no one else did and i mean this I'm interested in what this represents—the fact that they can now show Stardom matches. Like, it makes all the sense in the world that you would have integration of both products, like Stardom, especially having that kind of a platform on on New Japan Big Shows, at the very least.
0: I certainly think so. You know, I think it would be wonderful if both promotions were under the same online streaming banner. Uh, I don't know necessarily what that does for the numbers, but in my opinion, I feel like it would. Um, it would entice a lot more people, maybe, to stick around with New Japan World or to follow the Stardom product, which in turn will only benefit Bushi Road. So, you know, of I have to say, of all the matches that are on these cards, I'm looking forward to the Stardom matches the most. Everything else is just—I'm sure that they'll be great. Tanahashi versus Abushi will be awesome. I'm sure Jeff Cobb and Okada again will be awesome. Um Shingo and Evil, I don't know. But if there's somebody who can drag a great main event out of Evil, I trust Shingo Takagi. So there's a bit morbid curiosity to see how that will turn out. But nothing feels all that fresh, I have to say, besides these startup matches. I don't even know who the participants are. I haven't announced them yet. But you can probably assume that they'd be, you know, some of the, the more notable stars that are getting a lot of buzz in the company right now. So just as a showcase event, I'm I'm probably looking forward to those the most. And I don't know what that says about the New Japan roster at the moment.
1: Yeah, I, I think that there's some very good matches here on this show. I think it's going to be very tough uh, for this audience that they are going to be secondary this weekend. Like, it's going to be a very heavy, concentrated AEW weekend, but... I would imagine we are going to get the G one participants on coming out of this weekend. Like this, these are your last big shows before the G one begins in a couple of weeks. So you got to get those participants out. Yeah, and
0: I'm I'm still hoping out that it can it's going to look a little bit better than maybe just the number of people that are here. But I'm kind of prepared to just see a, a mishmash of the names that we see on this list.
1: And then uh, New Japan Strong, this is interesting, that beginning September 18th, which is also the same day the G1 starts, they're moving strong to Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, moving away from Fridays, where right now they're going head-to-head with Rampage. So probably a smart move, uh, but that will end the streak of Daniel Garcia going head-to-head with himself, which will continue this Friday because he's taking Dar- taking on Darby Allen on rampage and he's taking on josh alexander on strong at the same time man yeah uh uh you know he could probably find his way
0: on unless he finds his way on the smackdown i suppose uh somehow he could still do wrestle you know uh compete against himself in ratings on friday nights um i'm i feel like there's still plenty of chances for daniel garcia to, to face himself on a saturday night being on strong and also probably whatever indie show he's appearing on on a Saturday evening.
1: And then Tuesday night, we've got NXT taped edition of the show. Johnny Gargano versus LA Knight. Kyle O'Reilly versus Duke Hudson. Ridge Holland versus Tommaso Ciampa. Roderick Strong versus uh, Ikimanjiro, And Ilya Dragunov will appear on the show from the Capitol Wrestling Center in our countdown to the new logo, and theme song, and who knows what else. They they aired this ad a lot today, I feel. Yeah. Just really wanting
0: like you the to. The most know NXT
1: that. promotion we've seen on Raw in some time for It kinda of
0: feels like it, yeah. We've got a brand new color. What do, what do you think of the logo?
1: Um, it's you know, it's a stark contrast to the the yellow and gold. Um so they're clearly going for a completely different um just a, a totally very un WWE like. Like it's weird to look yeah. at anything WWE that doesn't have dominant black coloring attached to it in some form.
0: Or a dominant primary color, you know, in, in a blue or a or a or a red or a yellow. So I'm I'm definitely curious to see what this will look like. And I'm curious to see what the show is gonna look like. Even looking at some of the matchmaking on the show, it's like you kinda see on this Tuesday's card, you have your old guard versus your new guard. In a Johnny Gargano versus la night or a Kyle O'Reilly versus a Duke Hudson or a Ridge Holland versus Tommaso Ciampa. So I'm curious to see what the booking is. I'm kind of curious to see what the overall direction of NXT continues to be going forward.
1: All right. That's all of the news for tonight. You can, of course, check out postwrestling.com, which can be your go-to place all week long. Uh, A new month, I understand, is starting this week. A great time to jump on to the Post Wrestling Cafe, especially for the month of September. It's going to be a busy one because we've got... All out going down this week. We've got the G1 starting September the 18th. So it's a packed, packed month. Uh, A great time to be part of the Post Wrestling Cafe. Do not sign up on Tuesday. Wait till Wednesday. Tuesday at midnight. I think you should sign up, everybody. Stay up
0: and then just get ready to sign right up for the month of September. We've got MCU later continuing. Not just what if, but a review of Shang-Chi. The the much awaited Changchi that I'll be catching with WH, um, and we'll probably throw that up there like next week, actually. So it comes out this weekend, and also the wellness policy returns this week. Everybody, me and Jordan Goodman and Braden Harrington get this, John. We'll be talking about dating.
1: Oh my, so, what a conversation
0: a, this will be! It's it's going to be a blast, I'm sure. That'll be one p.m. on Thursday, live for all patrons. And then available the
1: next day for everybody else. That'll be exciting. One that I will I will make sure to uh, get all the details on. So that's coming out Friday. Uh, if you sign up on Wednesday, the first thing you will receive is the brand new edition of Ask Away, the most popular mailbag show that we do, coming your way Tuesday. Afternoon, early evening, where we will go through all of your questions from the Post Wrestling Forum. There are quite a bunch this month for us to tackle, so that will be out on Tuesday. And then the rest of the week, we've got Dynamite on Wednesday night, SmackDown and Rampage on Friday night will be live for all patrons. And then Sunday, it will be our all out post show where way and I will go live right after the pay per view for Double Double Ice Cap and Espresso members of the cafe. We will take your calls, big review. Of all out, and it's a busy Sunday because we're not only going to be doing all out, but we are also going to do a Patreon bonus show going through the highlights of Russell Grand Slam. That is correct. The highlights. What do you mean the highlights? Well, listen, I'm we're not spending two and a half hours going through both cards. It's going to okay. be a concise review gotcha. with uh, the headlines. It's a very busy weekend, and I don't know how we're going to fit in two. New Japan cards on top of this, but somehow we are going to make time our ally. I want to do a whole hour just on the, I quit King of pro wrestling match between chase and Toriano. I'm going to probably spend an hour on Charlotte Flair and Nia Jax tonight. So that will be our equal focus. So there you go. Uh, But by the way, Jake mentions
0: midnight Pacific time is when you should sign up everybody Tuesday or Wednesday
1: morning, midnight Pacific time, just in case. All right. Thank you to everybody for uh, tuning in as we now move on to the big review of Raw from Oklahoma City at the Paycom Center. The Paycom Center. A brand I don't think we carry here in Canada. What are we doing tonight? We're going to the Paycom Center. Yeah, the Paycom. The Paycom. The PC. So all week long, they uh, advertised three matches. Bobby Lashley versus Sheamus, The Miz versus John Morrison in a heated battle of tag partners, and Eva Marie versus Dewdrop. I will give them, I don't know why they get the benefit of the doubt, but I will provide them one. We did not get Miz on the show, so there could have been circumstances beyond their control. We don't know what the deal was. There was no Miz on this show, no Kofi Kingston yet again, and no Alexa Bliss after starting the angle with Charlotte. So those are three, I would say, of the featured performers uh, that were absent on Monday night. But nonetheless, Bobby Lashley was was there. Sheamus was there. Just said, screw it. We're doing something else. And Eva Marie and Drop. I mean, if you want to call that delivering on a match, uh, you have very low standards.
0: I guess I have low standards.
1: So I have a new rule. (laughs) We have said forever that we said it last week. They should be doing this more advertise a week in advance give us some matches have a week to build it up i now say no do not do that at all stop just just give us. we'll tune in we have to watch this i don't know if everyone else is going to but don't even bother don't bother seven days is way too ambitious for this company to book three matches and deliver even one of them much less all of them so don't even do it it's not worth it i don't maybe they shouldn't even have feuds just like every day
0: we should, uh, every week we should roll dice to see who faces whom. You know, and every week it's fresh. Turn you this into what if. Face.
1: Every week it's just new yeah. circumstances, new feuds, new roles that they play, new gimmicks that they play. Mm-hmm. Stop it's making, tr- not, don't like serialize any of this. It's just, every week is a fresh start.
0: Uh, Interesting concept. Uh, What do the pay-per-views be?
1: Nothing. (laughs) Interpretive dance.
0: (laughs) Maybe like volleyball.
1: Okay. Did you watch the Jake Paul fight?
0: Sadly, I did. You did watch it. While you're in Bracebridge, I was, uh, my curiosity got the best of me. Yeah. I tuned in. Did you know who was calling? Of course you you would.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We had more Ronaldo on the call. And Ariel Hawani was all over the broadcast. Al there, Bernstein. Wasn't that something? It was amazing.
0: Yeah, hearing those. Did
1: Showtime Showtime did a really good job. I actually on the weekend I watched uh the all access episodes building it up. Like, dude, Showtime knows how to promote a card. And this is their specialty, yeah. this kind of a fight.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was just I guess a bit novel seeing that great Showtime production staff, you know, devote so much attention to like a Jake Paul freak show thing and you know what watching the match like i don't think it was as freak show as like i i expected like he like he's it, a
1: low oh. level boxer but i mean he's yeah, he's not fighting boxing. people where he's out of his depth and it's i mean it is what it is like if you're watching this with the assumption this is going to be like uh teofimo lopez like you're kidding yourself like this is we know what level he's at but it's like this guy is not just some inexp like he is training. it's not a- yeah, with now, high I'm level not... people, and he's you know at a level where he can beat ex MMA fighters. Like, yeah, I guess so,
0: or current MMA fighters, I suppose. Um, but I, I don't think it was embarrassing, you know. Like we, in the end, it is what what we have right now is a pop culture figure who everybody wants to see get their ass beat, charging people money for the potential of that actually happening, and it's just. I, like, I have a lot of respect, actually, for their ability to promote fights. And I, what did you think of... Uh, you must have heard of Tyron Woodley's uh, post-match request for a rematch.
1: Well, I didn't see the fight, so I can't really comment on the performance. But it seemed like it was pretty solid that Jake Paul won this fight and one judge had just a ridiculous scorecard for Tyron Woodley. But so from what I understand is that Tyron Woodley wants a rematch. Never going to happen, in my estimation. And Jake Paul said that if he gets the tattoo, they'll give him his rematch. Yeah. Well now, have you seen this? So tonight, Jake Paul had a busy night. He retired. So so they so so
0: Woodley was just immediately like, yeah, deal. And then they shook on it. And that was sort of the last we heard. I think in the press conference they said like Woodley better hurry up and get that tattoo. Otherwise, I'm going to find somebody else. Oh, so, he's yeah, got what, guidelines now.
1: He said, for Tyron Woodley, the tattoo, it has to be three by two inches at the least. <laughs> amazing. He can't get it covered. It needs to be a permanent tattoo. He must post it on social media and the kicker. The tattoo must be visible while wearing shorts and a shirt. All right. Okay. So you can't hide it like... Uh, Put it, you know, somewhere where no one would ever yeah. see it. It has to be prominently displayed, um, in regular <laughs> uh, with a short with shorts and a shirt on. Everybody, this is the
0: best pro pro wrestling angle that is being built right now. And look at the money that they're making, right? That the, the <laughs> their ability to just like on the spot create that stipulation for the rematch. Like, I, you know, I honestly, I don't, I don't know if like, like who else? I'm I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of people lining up to fight Jake Paul, but like, um. This is a storyline. This is like a long-term storyline they're actually building and and so what? So
1: so if he if he actually gets the tattoo, then the match is on. Did it say that? You you know what? I don't think they care about the tattoo when the number comes in. I I don't think there's going to be any kind of appetite to see Tyron Woodley fight him again. Like Jake Paul's moving on. And I I don't the appetite is for me to see him get the tattoo. Well, that should be on the the post <laughs> all access. Paper. I mean, the 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 like epilogue, him <sighs> having to get the tattoo. I mean, the man said it on camera. He would get the tattoo if he if he lost. Yes, he
0: did. They had a tattoo artist there. Anyway, um, this is a raw review, everybody. But uh, clearly, it was a a topic of interest this weekend.
1: So Ross started off with the most insane procession of talent. I think the entire roster came out in this opening segment, starting with Damian Priest, who was hosting an open challenge for the U.S. title. He's not a coward like Bobby Lashley. He won't be running away from challenges. Sheamus comes out to answer the challenge. Drew McIntyre comes out. Then Lashley and MVP come out. MVP says it would be good for business for Lashley to be a double champion. Randy Orton and Riddle come out next. They go on and on. There was actually a a moment here where Riddle pointed out how you can't hold two titles when he realizes the two of them have two belts. And this audience actually laughed at at this line. So he did get a laugh-out-loud moment from this crowd. Oh, Uh, they loved RK-Bro in OKC. They were very popular on this show and brought that crowd back that was dying a death in the third hour. And so we get... Riddle suggesting they defend the tag titles against Lashley and MVP. Zero mention of Lashley's week-long advertised match with Sheamus. I love this match they didn't even address. They didn't even give you a, well, Lashley's supposed to face Sheamus, but this is an interesting challenge that you are presenting us with. We're going to book something on the fly. Not even that. It's like this match never existed for the last seven days.
0: Nobody could have expected a guy who already has a a match to answer an open challenge. Both guys really just kind of threw a wrench into things so
1: um there that's just that's just assumed i guess and i will answer the question every single person is saying right now no one even cared about lashley and sheamus if that's your conclusion that's a bigger problem that you don't even care yeah about the advertised match but nonetheless adam pierce and sonia deville come out there's like 85 people here to take to keep track of they book damian priest versus Sheamus, versus Drew for the U.S. title, and RK Bro against Lashley, and MVP for the tag titles. Those are the matches, yeah. And then Rhea Uh Ripley comes out just to say, hey, I'm here too, and that's how the segment ends, with a hundred people out here.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I don't get too upset, honestly, because I had actually forgotten about the matches that they advertised last week, and uh, it was it was an, an intriguing set of matches that they had lined up for Raw tonight. So maybe, maybe I'm part of the problem where I just have really short-term memory.
1: They're banking on that way. Mm-hmm. None of these yep. people remember anyway. Nia Jax, pro- she comes out with Shayna Baszler because Baszler is taking on Ripley. And Nia Jax promises to splatter both of them on the mat. She was promising a mess in the ring. She was telegraphing a disaster. Well, maybe they're working us. Maybe this was all according to plan. She then says, I will do the same to Charlotte Flair later tonight. Baszler is pissed off by all of this, begging the question why she's aligned with this woman and coming out with her when she's promising to. She basically cut a promo saying, you're not getting a finish in this match. I'm going to fuck it up. And the match began with the promise of Nia getting involved. Graves thinks that Jax is trying to fire up Shayna. So Ripley and Baszler had a match here. Do you know the significance of this match? Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler? Um, Tell me. December 18th, 2019. This was the big title change. These two women, the main event of the lone NXT show to beat Dynamite in the 18 to 49 demo way. The peak of oh. NXT on USA Network was this match. Wow.
0: That long ago. Okay.
1: Baszler is working the arm. Uh, Ripley just smiles and then catches a kick and makes her comeback. Basler then works for an arm bar. The hands are clasped, but Rhea gets to the rope. And then Nikki holds her hand. Nikki Ash, by the way, is brought out by Ripley and is in her corner and gives Rhea power by holding her hand. Oh, it's
0: emotional support.
1: It's very comforting. The Kirafuda clutch gets countered. Rhea tries for a riptide, but Naya destroys Nikki on the floor. This distracts Rhea. Baszler tries to cradle her, but is reversed, and Rhea pins her in 10 minutes and 29 seconds. Before
0: Naya immediately lays them out. So she didn't get involved. She waited for the finish here. And then got involved. Well, Um,
1: she distracted Rhea, which was supposed to lead to Baszler winning, but Rhea outsmarted her. A very rare instance of a babyface outsmarting a heel.
0: Sure. Usually the other way around.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought it
0: was a pretty decent match from what we saw. You know, they are telling a, a bigger story here of Shayna being unhappy with Nia Jax. So we shall see what's going on there.
1: The Viking Raiders spoke about honor, valor, and unbridled bravery. You will bear witness to the true nature of the Vikings, and everyone will realize that the raid is on. Raid. 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 Raid.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Um. so clearly they are giving these two a push. They're giving them the promo. They're going to get the win in the match we're about to talk about. So they're putting some effort promotionally behind these two, but unfortunately, the characters are just so awfully I mean, for two people who dress up as Vikings, they just come across as awfully generic and forgettable to me in what they say and how they present themselves. Um I just man. We like I don't I, I just don't really know. Um they don't really come across so much as like uh cosplayers. They come across more as like um like uh Kids party entertainment that you might hire if you wanted to hire Vikings for your kids for some reason. Um, they just, they both come with a flat rate. I, sure, I guess so. Um, they're comedy Vikings, I guess, and I don't even know if like that's a real real thing. Are there comedy Vikings
1: that exist? Um, um I mean you you've got to laugh to be in this position. Like, I feel... I feel like they
0: would be the medieval times versions of Vikings. That's a great comparison. You know?
1: They are the medieval medieval times Vikings. Yeah. With turkey legs instead of the chicken. Very underrated meal, as I've said. Mm -hmm. Medieval times, solid meal. Yeah. Yeah. They had the advantage... Oh, they took on Jinder Mahal and Veer. They had the advantage on Ivar, uh... Shout out to you here, because Jinder Mahal brought back your favorite, the half-Nelson, half-Chinlock special. Is that my favorite? The Baron Corbin routine. That's right. The specialty. The special move. This is like sign language for tune-out now.
0: Man, Matt Cardona needs to work this into his repertoire for his next GCW match. Have
1: you seen the new GCW belt? No, I have not. Oh, it's got Velcro on
0: it. It's got Velcro and a spin. Like, it spins,
1: dude. He's doing a great job with that.
0: Yeah. It's
1: great. Ivar cartwheels away, tags Eric. Jinder's thrown to the floor. Ivar does a cannonball to everybody. And then Jinder is the one to take the Viking experience and get pinned in 449. Maybe mildly surprising that it was Jinder and not Veer. Huh, I guess so. I suppose so. I think they've just
0: probably given up on gender now. You know, now this is. Uh, we got our he's... five minute match with him
1: and Drew out of the way. We spent all summer. Uh, oh now, Now he's motorcycle done. versus sword. Now text he's done controversy. It's over. It's time to
0: just move them down. They're out of replicas, you know. They're out of great story, you know. Clearly, for this feud, so it's time to slide him back down the card.
1: Damian Priest, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus for the United States Championship. Uh, Drew came out with Angela. They go through the commercial early, and this was hands down the best thing on Raw. They got three segments, and it was like a very physical match and a big spotlight for Damian Priest. Uh, Drew sets up for the Future Shock, which gets countered by Sheamus. Drew is sent into the post, shoulder first, and then Priest makes his return. Uh, we have Drew hitting a Michinoku driver on Damian Priest for a two count. They got into a lot of creative near falls. Drew did his pop up from the Tree of Woe, suplexing Sheamus, who sent Priest off the top with a superplex. And Drew then pops up, suplexes Sheamus. Uh, oh, that—that's where he sends them off. There's a clover leaf by Sheamus that gets broken up by Priest. There's a white noise off the middle turnbuckle and then the Reckoning gets stopped. Drew goes for the Claymore, missing Priest, and takes out Sheamus, who, even with the face covering, he's out from this Claymore. That's how damaging the Claymore is. And then Priest lands a head kick on Drew, takes a headbutt, but then rotates, hits the Reckoning, and Damian Priest prints Drew McIntyre in 21 minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, a tremendous match uh, involving these three. Uh, a great, great Raw match. Yeah, I really
0: enjoyed it. I agreed, probably the best thing on the show. Although I thought the main event was actually very good too. But this, maybe even a step above that. Uh, surprising finish here. Especially with Seamus being in this triple threat. That it was Damien Priest pinning Drew McIntyre. Would not have predicted that. It's a huge win for Damian Priest. And tells you that they are very serious about him. And not just serious about him as some sort of mid-card act they are setting him up either as the next title challenger or fast-tracking him to some sort of world championship level because you don't pin Drew McIntyre too easily. And either that, it's either like, you know, they are... Like, even after, at the end here, you had Drew shaking Priest's hand almost as if it it, it feels kind of like these two either are set on their own rivalry or if it was some sort of, like, passing of the torch of the lead babyface role from Drew to Priest. So, um, clearly, un- I mean, I feel bad for Drew, you know, he won that sword and, um, I don't think it's done him any favors. It's that gender feud has really kind of taken him down a notch, but, um,
1: good for Damien Priest. They're serious about pushing a new guy. Listen, I'm not going to complain about what they're doing. Like they are putting everything behind Damien Priest and, I kind of like that this went against your WWE formula where I think everyone thought Seamus is the fall guy here. They went a different way and you can look at Drew. that I think like there is a lot. um, I think there's a lot of mileage in Drew McIntyre, but he is not the focus now it's Damian priest. So you're building up the top guy and they're sticking to that step. He cannot challenge Lashley. So a very, very strong match. This would be the match I would recommend from the show. They showed the clip of Bill Goldberg. He needs knee surgery. He has ligament damage, and Gage has a messed up shoulder and neck. He's no longer coming for Lashley's title. I'm coming for his soul, and I'm going to rip it out of his chest. Which is that where souls live? That's a stipulation.
0: Soul ripping. Hmm. Okay, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see the how that one ends. How they book that one. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like, um, I think Goldberg's promos, um, at least in this one, I thought it was like really brief, but I thought his delivery and his presence were really strong. And, um, despite how he might look in the ring these days, like he can always get the crowd excited for another match simply like by the way he talks, like it's just enough to like, uh, at least, you know, inspire maybe a casual fan. To think that, oh, I want to see this guy fight.
1: <laughs> he pulls out a rifle. I'm going to kill him. That would, Very believable with Bill Goldberg. Would take the man's soul out, yeah. Reggie is outdoors. This man's never going to see the inside of an arena again. They, this is... They're they going to okay be on location that. for the end of time. I'm fine with that. He dreamed as a child of leaving his hood and traveling the country. Now he gets to do so. And... Tozawa and Truth are dressed up. Tozawa is in a dog's outfit. Truth is wearing uh, the same wig that Bill Goldberg wore in 2003. And they throw a frisbee. Now, the highlight of this was Tozawa selling the frisbee. Yes. Among many highlights. Reggie jumps over this gate. He's at like a kid's playground. He flips off a hill and then goes onto this bridge. And ends up balancing off the the ledge, and escapes from our truth and Tozawa, where Truth says that every dog gets his day, except for you. <laughs> Did he really say that? That Tozawa,
0: <laughs> somebody scripted a Kira Tozawa to say that one. <laughs> no, Truth said that. Oh, Truth said it. Okay, either I, either way, it's. Uh you know i I maintain that it's actually really impressive how these are all one take, and I think Reggie is actually really great in these the way he is able to perform and do his flawless acrobatics the way he does um I think truth again everybody this is if this this isn't gonna be everybody's cup of tea, especially if you're over a certain age okay if you're probably over the age of like twelve this probably. Don't imagine this is entirely going to click with you, but if you can reduce your 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 thinking to maybe the that of a twelve year old, I think you'll see that these are actually perfectly inoffensive and, in fact, maybe even a little bit enjoyable. Because I think Truth is actually pretty funny with his ad libs. Not that line of, uh at the end, but like he talked about how he references arachnophobia. With with a playground that looked like a spider. And that, of course, is a reference to the many times he has brought up arachnophobia for, like, his ladder matches. So, um... And Tazawa Continuity. Gets to keep- Continuity, yes. And Tazawa gets to keep the job, so... Good for them.
1: Eva Marie versus Dewdrop doesn't get started because Dewdrop attacks Eva before the bell rings, hitting her with a senton and a running splash, covers her, and counts three herself... Which it has brought up, mind games, Corey, mind games, and the referee says that Eva is unable to compete tonight. The crowd boos, and Dewdrop announces herself as the winner. Yeah, this is the closest we got to delivering one of our advertised matches.
0: Yeah, it was a non-match. Um, I also feel like this would probably, you know, like I think one week would have been too too quickly to extinguish it after all the weeks that they put into it, I will say, I feel like the crowd is more behind Dewdrop. The storyline to me actually has worked in getting the crowd behind her because they, for whatever reason, empathize with her
1: and they really dislike Eva Marie. Sarah Schreiber interviewed Charlotte Flair. Her question was, (laughs) Charlotte, Naya threatened to splatter your body both inside and outside the ring. Does that bother you? <laughs> and Charlotte responded that she is going to, quote, slay that nasty kraken. Mm.
0: Yeah, pretty typical what is this verbiage.
1: Does that bother <laughs> you? No. <laughs> She's going to splatter you both inside and outside the ring. Karrion Cross is diversifying his merchandise. It is now a black mask he came out with this week. So you the collectors out there can get the red mask, the black mask. Uh, he was also keyed as a two-time NXT champion. so not forgotten. And his opponent, speaking of forgotten, was Umberto Carrillo. And Byron pointed out, remember, Umberto is the one that broke Sheamus's nose. Of course. Of course, it was Umberto, the slowest recovering nose in WWE, that of Sheamus.
0: I mean, injuries um, with heels can can vary in length in terms of recovery.
1: We know that. So, Carrion Cross had to have a four-minute match with Carrillo, where he basically no-sells all of Carrillo's offense. And he just had this very laborious style. Um... Corey called it sanguinous. Carrillo got some offense, snapped his neck on the rope and then got caught with a forearm strike, the doomsday saito suplex and the cross jacket in 417 the announcers noted he could have pinned him he chose to hurt him. The crowd was dead for this.
0: Yeah, it's rather unfortunate. I mean, you know, you're talking about a uh, a guy who I think they already everybody perceives as a mid deep mid card, maybe low mid card even type of guy from the jump. And you know, I will say like now that they are taking him seriously, um, and I say that ignoring the way he looks, at least in ring, last week and this week, these were very strong wins. They had they are booking him to look like the dominant monster they should have booked him to look like from the get-go. But they're fighting up a hill and they're only giving themselves more obstacles with the way this dude looks now. The gear looks so stupid. It's hard to really take him seriously. I imagine in the weeks like ahead I'll I'll probably get used to it a little bit more, but I I I I don't know if this crowd is going to think this guy is that cool. You know, he reminds me of like
1: a early 90s gimmick. Like he looks 100%. Like Lud- this this Lud- felt like an episode of Superstars from 1990 oh, with dude, a ridiculous like- gimmick and a style that's like it was very dull. Like this was very dull. He looks like Ludwig Borga.
0: Google everybody like he's got the same type of straps you know like I mean similar hair and uh that thing fell pretty flat back then too
1: uh Riddle was hanging out with Orton we learned that Riddle graduated high school they're gonna team up tonight the main event Charlotte Flair Nia Jax non-title match this match was an unmitigated disaster Flair goes to the floor early and then she is hit with a headbutt and is beaten down. And I tried to trace this. Like where where did this just fall apart? And my my best detection was the after suplex. Jax lifts her up and just dumps her. And Flair just crashes. Onto the mat, which is accompanied by Corey Graves, noting this is getting ugly. See, I, I would have
0: called this a belly to back suplex, but there really wasn't a suplex completing. It was maybe a half a suplex, and the 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 person doing the throwing didn't necessarily place the opponent down.
1: Just like sent uh, her, and she just dropped like 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 a mannequin. Like she just tossed her. She so she falls, and this is when this is a it just falls apart from there. Flair, uh, Flare goes for a moonsault and I guess was supposed to land on the knees. They didn't know if she hit the knee, part of the elbow. It did not look good. Naya hits a Samoan drop. Charlotte is trying to go for a headlock and Jax just stands up and won't succumb to the headlock and they just start shoving at one another. Jax is like lighting her up with slaps. They're exchanging words. Flair then jumps on Jax, falls off, is going for something that is approximating an inverted DDT, which Jax just like takes a back bump from. There's a chop block to the knee. Flair tries for the figure four and is kicked into the corner. And then Jax mercifully ends this by lifting her for a power bomb and sends her down with a choke slam. This went 13 minutes and 47 seconds. It was a train wreck. This was among the worst matches of 2021, uh, just a disaster of a match on live television.
0: Yeah, something went very wrong here, and I imagine, like, in the next days we'll probably hear a little bit more backstage about what exactly went down in the body of this match, but, um, you know, like, this is, all, of course, in pro wrestling, it's it's incredibly difficult to tell. In many cases, they could just come back and say, "Oh, it was just, we we worked, you guys. This was all supposed to be a uh, that then, way, then you worked that yourselves way. because you had a, a wretched performance that looked terrible." Well, in in any case, the impression you get for an you know some, a viewer watching this is you come out of it, out of it feeling like these two were uncooperative and at some point, um, seemingly quite unhappy with one another in the ring. Uh, a lot of miscommunication uh, as a result. Naya looked very visibly shaken at the end of it. You know, they went right to the finish, like seemingly out of nowhere with no real sequence leading to it. It was just like, you know, they they finally like kind of separated a bit. And then ref whispers something to the both of them and they go right for Naya's finish. One, two, three. It it was awfully, awfully strange and very intriguing if you want to study like when wrestling goes wrong to see exactly what happened. Um, but again, you know, none of us will really know until maybe we hear some of these stories from from reporters or maybe themselves what and whatnot. Uh, but it was probably the most interesting thing to come out of raw, of raw for better or worse.
1: And on top of that, I mean, this is like Nia pinning the champion. Like this should not mm-hmm. be a one-off like booking wise either. Which yeah, brings into this... question what they're doing, like, what's going on with Alexa Bliss, because that program was introduced last week. This would indicate they are going in a direction, like, you have to come back with a rematch, which is going to have a bizarre appeal to it, because this was such a mess.
0: Well, whatever happens here, I don't imagine it'll be a problem the next time around. Like, if it is, in fact, like, some, some heated moments live on TV, I imagine that these two would have probably both had a bit of a talking to, and whatever lack of professionalism existed here will hopefully be sorted out by next time. Um, cause I don't think that they would stand for this two times.
1: Morrison is in the back. He was supposed to face the Miz tonight, but that splash hole backed off and went to Hollywood. So instead I've been granted a match with the largest person I know. And we go over to Omos who is there standing next to him And quotes the legendary Prozac, telling John Morrison, sucks to be you. Mm, I know. I know. (laughs) Very nice. So, yeah, and no Miz on this show. So, who knows what the issue was there. I would imagine, potentially just something that, I mean, was out of their control. If Miz was not available. That makes, sure, that kind of makes sense. But the finish to this absolutely does not. Well... (laughs) We will get into this. Uh, this is not going to get as much focus as the last one, but this this was about as bad as you were going to get for a two minute match. Um, yeah. Omos immediately swats away the dripstick, and Morrison le Morrison comes off the middle rope, and he's supposed to go into Omos, who's to catch him like by the throat. Omos is nowhere near in position. So Morrison has to, like, land and basically run into the hands of Omos and then get tossed around and sent to the floor. Morrison comes off the steps doing his his parkour and slips on the floor. I thought, like, his knee might have given out, but he appeared to be fine. It just looked like a slip. He's no Reggie. I guess not. No, not here he wasn't. Uh, And then... uh, He just dumps Morrison's chest on the top rope and finishes him with a tree slam. Two minutes and four seconds. I could not believe this was only two minutes, but we have said it many times, Way. Like, Omos, he cannot do a two-minute match. So I don't know what your expectations are for this individual, but this is...
0: He could do a safe two-minute match. I think the John Morrison matchup was bad for a number of reasons. And partially, I feel like John Morrison is much to blame here. He gets way too ambitious with, I think, some of this creative offense. And I love him for it. Like, I love him for some of this parkour stuff that he attempts. But, man, like, you need a, a participant that I think is, like, is able to to take it all. This was, I think, just a bad combination of a guy wanting to do too much and too much, um, I think, uh, weird stuff, and a guy who probably is not really coordinate enough or experienced enough to be able to take it.
1: Yeah, it was, it just made for two of the worst matches back to back I can recall on a WWE
0: program. On top of that, I mean, the finish here, like, what the hell is the men supposed to look forward to after this?
1: You know, I mean, this felt like just slotting, like, they're there to fill up time, and they are not beating Omos. Um, and they had AJ against Woods. I'm sure if it was AJ, they would have just had Morrison beat him. But you're right. I mean, it kind of extinguishes anything with Morrison when he loses in such a uh, quick fashion to Omos.
0: Yeah. So, again, I'll probably forget all this next week anyway. they will just <laughs> they'll rebuild to it. it. You know what I said last week was like, you know, I'm not so sure John Morrison's going to come out of this Miz feud on top. And clearly they're not even waiting for that to to job the guy out. Um I thought that this might have been his like first match as a actual baby face. And then he would somehow get pushed coming off of this, but he really is just kind of being portrayed now as an even bigger idiot. You know, like he was, he was the fall guy for the Miz. He was like the dumb water guy. And now he's just an even, even dumber water guy without the Miz. So really he just feels like thrown aside at the end of this all. And, uh, they focused on like Omos and AJ and, and Woods after this.
1: Xavier Woods comes out by himself for a match with AJ Styles. This match was fine. But this crowd was just. I think the life had been taken out of this crowd. Over the, the prior 25 minutes. Um, Woods got out of the way. Of a phenomenal forearm. And then AJ just rocked him. With a sliding drop kick through the ropes. And then Styles went after the knee. He's working on it. Uh, Woods fires back. Uses a Northern Lights. And then is an enziguri by Styles. The Styles clash gets blocked. And then. Woods struggles to get AJ in the tree of woe, finally does, does the Shibata drop, uh, baseball slide drop kick, and then AJ recovers, kicks the knee, calf crusher, and taps out Woods in 7 minutes and 11 seconds.
0: I thought it was like good selling from Woods, good work from AJ. Uh, technically, it was, I think, one of the more solid matches on the show, but I didn't really do much to get the crowd invested story-wise. I mean, Woods is just, he's just a job guy mm-hmm. right now. You know, like, uh, without a story, without Kofi being there, he's just sort of a guy. Jag.
1: Yeah, you almost could have just done, honestly, you could have just done uh, a tag match, to be quite honest. Like, just put put Woods with Morrison for the night. You're right, yeah. Probably would have been better. You were putting AJ and Omos both over. Put them both Mm -hmm. in. And then Woods yeah, takes you the ball, you get, exactly. you, sa- you somewhat protect Morrison for this Miz program, and it's a much better, smoother match than, than that atrocity for two minutes. Pancakes and water. They go together. Unbelievable. Perfectly. All this time, right under your nose. And the main event, the savior of the show was Randy Orton, who was just tremendous with this crowd, with Riddle, against Bobby Lashley, an MVP for the Raw Tag Titles. AJ was on commentary. Orton uh, steps on MVP's hand, which MVP would later get revenge by stomping on Riddle's foot. Yeah, I love that. That was brilliant. That was a great save by MVP. The best save Mm -hmm. uh, in recent memory. Yeah, They had the heat on Riddle for a long time. Crowd went nuts. They, They totally revived this crowd with the hot tag to Randy. Randy's playing to the crowd. Like, this guy hates being a babyface. At least that's what he has always spoken about. But he's a very good babyface when he's... Into something. I agree. And he's into this. It's very clear. He catches Lashley with a draping DDT. He's setting up for the RKO when MVP interrupts. Crowd is chanting Randy. And then Riddle comes in. Jumping knee. Floating bro. This is when MVP stomps the foot to break up the fall. And MVP is in. The play of the day gets countered with a head kick. And as Lashley goes to send Orton into the post. Orton pops off the shoulder, Sending Lashley into the post. Omos goes for Orton, Riddle saves, and then finishes off MVP with the Flying Knee and Floating Bro in 11 minutes and 56 seconds. And it ends with Lashley spearing Riddle, and as he goes for the Hurt Lock, Randy comes in with an RKO onto Lashley, and RK Bro leaves together as champions.
0: Yeah, I thought this was a very good match. You know, RK-Bro are the most over babyface act on this entire show. And this was a match where they were presented like that top act. Given a strong win here. Left to stand tall over the WWE champion. Crowd goes home hot and happy. To me, this is like the way Raw should end most weeks. Um, And I'm just thankful at least we got this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, we had... uh... You know, Randy hit the RKO on Lashley at the end. So you've kind of set this up that I think they at least continue with, you know, you have Styles and Omos and clearly leaving Lashley and MVP as kind of this makeshift team. Uh, you've got a month before the pay-per-view that um, maybe they get another match out of this. Well, they've got a lot in
0: the works here with some of these people because they're also building, um, what is it? uh Man, what else they got here? Well, Lashley, with up, like,
1: Priest is the big one.
0: Lashley, Priest, uh, RK Bro, and AJ and Omos as well. So a lot of things that they have a lot of time, I suppose, to to resolve. So um, and maybe maybe a few more than one big show that they have to promote uh, in the coming weeks. So I enjoyed the main event. I was uh, I liked the Priest uh, Drew Sheamus match, and I was impressed by the booking of Priest over Drew McIntyre. It was them committing to like a fresh top face, which I I enjoy seeing. Um otherwise, you know, some pretty typical logical building of like, you know, your Viking Raiders or Carrying Cross matches, Reggie segment. But the talk of this show I think will be Naya and Charlotte and whatever the hell happened there. Uh what's going on with Alexa Bliss? Is it a change of direction or is this a one week only thing? Um, you know Morrison and The Miz, like, is that still going to be a thing going forward? I would think so, but this week didn't do them any favors. So, it's an interesting talking points, always, from Raw.
1: Yeah, this this certainly had them, this Raw in Oklahoma City. And to their credit, they advertised nothing for next Monday. So it's a <laughs> good. It's a clean sheet next week. <laughs> Book to your heart's content all week. Let us know Monday at 8. If it'll be on at eight,
0: maybe they'll start changing that too. It'll be on at like thirteen
1: forty-eight. Maybe, maybe if they got paid two hundred sixty-five million dollars a year to have cards ready every week, I think at that point they would book a week in advance. You think USA would have something to say about
0: hey, like you? We ran ads for this, you know, all part
1: of the entertainment. Cards up. where's raw on the cable charts we're good they, they, these guys know what they're doing it's true well, yeah what a bizarre edition of raw but that uh that concludes our review uh do we have any feedback Way. well
0: we got one piece of feedback and that comes from kate from montreal well first of all what
1: did you guys think of raw any guesses john oh boy um you know it it did have uh main event was a very good match and i thought the three-way was a great match so you had that but, man, that was really offset by uh, some of the mundane stuff, but they also had some awful stuff in that third hour. So, this, I, I think this will still finish below 5.
0: 4.5 is what the show got. So, you're right.
1: I know got this it. audience way. I know how they All take.
0: Right. Let's go. I'll read this, John. Kate from Montreal says, For once, I'm going to remember this week's Raw. I'm not sure WWE would be happy why. But the image of Charlotte versus Nia seemingly developing into a legitimate brawl. If it wasn't a brawl, then it was spectac- a spectacularly awful match. Funny thing is that there was some very good wrestling on the show. The three-way in particular was really enjoyable from three of the hardest working men in the company. The main event was good, and for the length of time it lasted, Shayna and Rhea had a good match. But when something goes as spectacularly off the rails as the Charlotte and Nia match, it's pretty much guaranteed that's what's going to stand out. It seems like this is the next program for Charlotte, but I hope that somebody has a sense to switch things up. It's not like we're counting on them to make good on a tease story or match. I mean they can always do a three-way, can they not? This is
1: for the, the women's title?
0: Yeah. We just had one, I know, but um that's that wouldn't necessarily stop them.
1: Yeah. Again, like we're we're talking about like, you know, in the men's main event with people in different programs. I mean you've got Naya Now, you know, somewhat attached to Charlotte, at least for a TV program based on tonight's win. And she's also doing this thing with Shayna Baszler. And you've got Charlotte, who was introduced with Alexa. We'll see, like, what is the future of that program. But you've, like, introduced all these dangling parts and it's kind of keeping track of all of this stuff.
0: Yeah, they're concurrently building quite a bit, and again, they do have a month to go, um, so they can carry several storylines for that month. But um, how much of it is storylines that they're actually building, and and just, or is it just them switching gears? Um, I don't know. All right, hey, and, and shout out to Colby John for uh, attending his third live show in as many weeks, repping us with the post T-shirt in full view during the first segment of the show.
1: Well thank you very much colby i think uh best breakthrough caller of twenty twenty one on the yes. post wrestling
0: sites yes, I look forward to his calls every week
1: hey can i can I give a shout out to a podcast? Of course, so every so often you'll get people uh that they'll just tweet randomly hey what's a what's a good wrestling podcast to listen to and dude, without fail, there is this uh podcast it is called the best film ever podcast out of the UK you can follow them at best film ever pod on twitter these these folks always without fail recommend us i do not know these people personally but they're always not. they always recommend us i was like really? the very nice of them so i w- i wanted to give them a mention i'm going to follow them right now a- absolutely everyone should give them a follow best, best film ever pod film
0: ever okay are they they recommend us though. They don't talk shit about us, right?
1: Not that I'm aware of. They listen. They they always say very nice things about us. So, well, what's let's, their let's latest film review? Best check film this
0: ever. Okay, let me go. Let me check this. They
1: out just right did now. a review of The Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring, which is a movie that's like 20 years old now. Yeah, and Holy it's about, it takes about 20 years to watch.
0: Uh, that is true. I don't think I've ever finished it. Uh, See It or Skip It, Black Widow, I'll be checking that out. Uh, okay, what else? Uh, Steel Magnolias, John? Okay, Julia Roberts. Roberts, A a favorite of yours? Uh, The Notebook, a favorite of mine, of course.
1: The the Notebook's (laughs) underrated.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's great.
1: I like The Notebook.
0: I had no problem with The Notebook. I like time travel. A Real Roundtable on Tom Cruise. Wow. I need to know. Cool. Awesome. I'm uh oh they're even they even talk about low key. So, you know what? I'm I'm definitely going to give these guys a follow. So, right. I recommend them. I recommend the Best Film Ever
1: podcast. Best Film Ever Pod. Yeah,
0: that's what
1: I said. Okay. I thought maybe we uh you were on a different one there. Uh all right. That's going to wrap it up, folks. We are done for the evening, but we're back plenty of shows Tuesday. Check out the Ask Away mailbag. You can still get your questions in. If you're listening to this on Tuesday morning, wait, what are you gonna do after this? Man, there are like two best film ever podcasts. There's one that's like a <laughs> Oh,
0: there's one that's like Spanish. So I don't think it's that one.
1: I don't think so either. Okay,
0: okay, good. So I want to make sure I recommend it the right one. What am I doing after this? Yeah. I'm gonna segment out some of the best the best clips ever from this podcast to upload oh. on the best YouTube channel ever youtube.com slash post wrestling we had a we had tremendous growth over the last few weeks john I, it might be it might be because of cm punk it might be i think it's just because we've just been doing such a great job but help us get to ten thousand, everybody that's our goal we've just recently passed eight thousand. get us to 10k and uh we can brag about having a five digit number
1: youtube.com slash post wrestling yeah all you have to do is hit subscribe Costs you nothing; it gives away a smile.
0: What more you could to, you ask for? You get to see what we look like. I upgraded my camera recently, John. We're about to upgrade yours. You know. Yeah, I think people complain about my camera, so that's wonderful. Yeah, we'll put some work into it. We'll make you look. Maybe give you a whole makeover. We'll get there. Hey,
1: hey, am I gonna see you tomorrow? In person? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I you forgot, forgot, didn't you?
0: No, 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 no! I remember. I, I, I thought you were talking about the recording. No, we no, can, no, no. we could do that in person too if you want. Yeah, we could. It's up to you. <laughs> That's a no. That's like stay, stay at home, and then no, yeah. I don't. Do I don't
1: know? care if you come. We'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about it off there. <laughs> okay, I'll call you in a minute. Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, on a serious note, uh, I, I want to give out my uh. My thoughts to anyone affected by the hurricane. I was like, reading a lot about it uh yeah you know, today. It's uh man there's some really graphic video out there so I hope people listening to this if you are affected by it uh I hope things are looking better. It's uh it's pretty brutal out there. So on that note, we will say goodbye. Farewell and fall away in life and in death. <laughs> what? the
0: uh yeah all right (laughs) i'm done (laughs) oh my god